Fear in Pandemics, on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. And we are certainly facing problems in our culture today. As we talk about pandemics, what I'm referring to, at least in our current cultural context, is COVID-19, the coronavirus. We have become very accustomed to those words and that language in describing this virus. And, you know, it's interesting to me as, as I sit and contemplate what I'm watching uh, happening around us, um, how easy it is for us as a culture when we we think we're in control of something, we have a facade of peace. When we see that control slipping away, uh, it begins to reveal what we hope in and the response when we uh, trust and hope in this facade of having some semblance of control of our, our own health, something as small as that that can slip away, uh, we begin to fear. We respond in fear. And fear is that symptom to demonstrate we've been trusting in the wrong thing, right? So when we think about COVID-19, it, it, it's just a new name for a different type of pandemic. This is certainly not the first pandemic that our world has ever seen, and we are not the first Christians to walk through such a a dangerous prognosis of what could be. But I want to encourage us today on the podcast to think a little bit about this idea of fear. And what we're seeing, I think, are sort of two extremes, or what I would call two manifestations of fear. We're seeing a response in two different ways. And I think this is similar to the way we think in counseling a lot, where uh, we see heart attitudes and heart issues that manifest themselves in a bunch of different ways. And so at, at base, we want to target the heart with the Scriptures because at base, these are the, the, the same ideas that begin to dispel uh, the different types of attitudes and symptoms that we see coming from ourselves in both behavior and attitude and actions, emotions, and that sort of thing. So I, I think it's important. Let's let's slow down to think about the way in which we see these things manifesting. The, the first thing that we see uh, certainly is we see sort of a cavalier attitude. And you say, well, how is cavalier attitude where people are not paying attention to the public health officials and the social distancing and that sort of thing? How, how do you see something like that as fear? Well, ultimately, I think there is a fear of losing life is what you think is normal. There's a fear of that, that now normalcy is going to go away or I'm going to lose an opportunity to enjoy parts of life uh, that I'm accustomed to enjoying. And there's a very selfish nature that's behind us just being cavalier as if nothing is wrong. It's certainly a selfish attitude in, in relation to caring well for others. And I think it's interesting that the Scripture gives us um, warning of things just like this. I can remember as a as a young man having a cavalier attitude about a lot of different things, and my dad would often confront me with uh, words from the Scripture, just reminding me that the Scripture warns us, um, sure, we're free to do the things that we want to do, but we, be, we need to be careful that we don't test the Lord. And I think of Jesus' statement, uh, even when he's being tempted by the evil one in Luke chapter 4, verse 12, he actually reminds the evil one that we are not 
to tempt the Lord our God. And often you see that reference to somewhere like Exodus chapter 17, where uh, we see in the Old Testament the children of Israel are fed up with leaving Egypt, and they're, they're complaining and they're grumbling, and Moses now is fearing his life, saying to the Lord, Lord, they're going to stone me. What am I to do? And, and Moses describes them as testing the Lord, that they are testing the, uh, the plan of God. They're testing the wisdom of God as they complain about their current situation, as if God is not going to do what he's promised to do. We're consistently warned not to test the Lord our God. And I think in a situation like this, we, we believe in a sovereign God. We believe in a God who's over everything. And so none of this, the COVID-19 or any pandemic for that matter, is outside of the purview of God. This is not some sort of contingency plan that God has to now recreate to combat what's going on in the world. This is a part of the plan that our sovereign God has given to this world, and we have to be prepared and ready. And so for us to go out not thinking about other people, uh, us to act as though there's no issue, I'm not concerned about myself, uh, we respond in ways where truly what we're doing is we're testing the Lord our God, and may we never be found in a place where we're, we're tempting God. The, the second and probably the most predominant thing that we're seeing now is a response of hysteria. And when I say we're responding in two opposite ends of the spectrum, but there's a central heart attitude, what I mean is we're, both of these are a sense of self-preservation. On the first hand, we want to preserve what we think is the enjoyment of our life. On the second, we fear the preservation of our very life. And so we respond in hysteria. We respond in fear, even, even paralyzing fear. And what happens is uh, we begin to fear the things around us. Uh, Chris Lungard, in his uh, wonderful book called The Enemy Within, he, he makes a statement. He says, The flesh plies deceit to knock out the watchman of your soul, your mind, and that's exactly what's happening in the world around us even today. The scriptures actually tell us over 160 times in the word to fear not. But I must say that it's easy for us in the circumstances of life that they paint such a picture that's so believable that our life becomes dependent on the circumstances that we find around us, and that's what we begin to trust in. And as those circumstances begin to become so convincing that that's who we are and that's what we're destined to be or that's what's going to happen to us, we begin to fear, fear in such a way that it becomes paralyzing or we respond in hysteria. When the scriptures try to help us to understand that we are to fear not, fear not the things of the world, even in the cursed world as it's, as it's groaning and decaying, we are called not to fear the things on earth, we are called to fear God. And we say, okay, well, what is the answer to something like this? It's to understand the character and the nature of our God. We did something even this past week in, in our staff meeting where I paused for a second and I wanted uh, our staff to just recount the character of God. And we spent several minutes with me just writing names of the character of God, who He is, who this great God is. And I have to say, doing that exercise was so helpful and comforting to all of us to know that no matter what, no matter how the, the world and the shadows of the world shift and change, that the person that we're anchored to for our hope is this immutable, unchanging 
God. And, and Jesus actually tells us to combat legitimate fear with these things, with, with the truth of who this God is. He, he says, don't fear the one who can destroy your body, but fear the one who can destroy both body and soul to understand who this God is, what's happening right now in Philippians 4, 8. We're told to think on things that are true, right, just, noble, and of good report. What's happening is we're believing the speculation that's going on in the world. Because the fact of the matter is, even if the worst possible case scenario is true or will be true, that in those days the Bible actually says that God will give us grace that's sufficient for that moment. But he can't give us that grace today for something that's going to happen in the future. We have to be anchored to what we know to be true, and that is who our God is, what he says he will do, the promises that he has given us, and that we are called to pay attention to not allow our minds to be deceived into flowing after what we believe to be happening in the circumstances around us. And I understand this is a legitimate fear. We need to be very pastoral in the way in which we respond to people, in the way in which we help them. We can't just say, well, just have peace or just have faith. Those things are true but to help people walk through that process of how they, by faith, cling to who God is. And what breeds that faith is reminding them once again who God is, what His character is, how He treats those who are His, those who are found in Christ, that we are no longer at war with Him. We are at peace with God, Romans 5, verse 1. And so I want to encourage uh, as you as you think about those two extremes, and you you probably found yourself uh, wandering at points to those two extremes, those two sinful responses to this situation, we have to be very cautious. And so, I would encourage you examine your own heart first. Where where are you on that spectrum? Are you responding in faith with proper caution, with crop, proper prudence, to where you're you're living motivated? to honor the Lord, to be at peace at this time, to show the world that the church of the living God can walk at peace no matter what, that, that our life and our peace is not dependent on the circumstances around us, that our peace is dependent upon a never-changing God, one who is firm and steadfast to the end. So for us, what are we clinging to? And do we see ourselves drifting in, in one of those two directions? And as we do, Properly apply the word to your own heart. Properly apply the truths of God's scripture to your own heart. Allow the word to confront you if you're being cavalier and just running about as if things are normal right now. Things, things are not normal. Let's learn to love our neighbor and to love him well. And also, if you find yourself responding, maybe cowering in, in fear of the circumstances around us, to remember who our God is. Remember his character. Pray through the names of the character of the living God. Uh, read the scriptures, and as you read the scriptures, discover the, the beautiful nature and the character of this God that we serve. And every single time that we see the, the deep infections of sin unfold in the world, that our God comes in as a redeemer, as a healer, as a rescuer. He's a refuge, and he's a rock. He's the one that's unchanging. So find yourself meditating on fearing that God who can destroy both body and soul. And what begins to happen is, is a peace and a calm that the circumstances of the world can't, can't shake who we are. The, the final thing that I want to do just very quickly is, 
is not only a personal examination, but I also want us to think about how do we minister to other people, and pastors particularly, I'm talking to you, and then uh, the rest of us in, in our body of Christ, how do we minister appropriately? Of, of course, take the precautions that are necessary, but we can't cease to minister in moments like this where we see people's faith shaken where we have truths that can help to sturdy the faith of people. Places like James chapter 1 or Romans chapter 5 verse 1 and following, where we see what suffering is for when, we, when we're confronted with situations just like this, how the Lord can anchor us to himself to sturdy us in our life, to trust his wisdom. Uh, as, as Paul would say in Romans 5, where it builds an endurance and a steadfastness and a character and a hope that will never put us to shame, and we can trust in Him. So learning then how to minister in that way. And so pastors, I want you to think particularly about the way in which Luke in Acts chapter 20 describes uh, where Paul what, where Paul describes what he says he's doing. Verse 26 in, in chapter 20 says this, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of you all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Now, there's so much to say in this passage, but I want to say very carefully and very quickly to pastors how important it is that at this moment that you not shrink back from sharing the totality of the counsel of God and the wisdom therein that's not just for intellectual and cerebral assent, but it is for the purpose of God revealing himself so that we can respond appropriately on the ground in moments just like this. Now, the first thing that I think is important in verse 28 that he says, not just sh uh, sharing the whole counsel of God, but he tells us to pay careful attention to yourselves. Pastors, listen, I know that you're going to be challenged in a thousand different ways to do all sorts of things to try and muster up different types of quote-unquote ministry in these moments. I want you to be careful not to spend yourself to such a degree that you become useless to anyone else. Now, I don't say this as a point of first order, but to pay attention to yourselves because the, what, what allows you to minister are not the gimmicks out there in the world. What allows you to minister is the way in which you walk carefully with the Lord. The, the way in which you have ability to pour yourself out to other people is the way in which you've died to yourself and been filled with the love and the grace, the compassion and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. So take moments now to be still, to be still, to know that He is God and that even outside of your wisdom, he knows all things, and that you can die to all the gimmicks that are out there in the world, die to yourself in trying to work up ministry, but you die to yourself in such a way that the Lord, by his word, begins to fill you with peace and wisdom and grace and mercy and kindness and compassion and love to such a degree that now what, na what flows naturally out of you is grace, compassion, mercy, true ministry. So to pay attention to yourselves and, and use these moments to step away from our busy world, to be still, to know who this God is. And as you learn to know him, what will happen is you will be filled with his spirit. And as you're filled with his spirit and filled with his word, as, as Paul would say in Colossians 3.16, you're allowing the word of Christ to dwell in you richly. And as that happens, what naturally will pour out of you 
in God's proper time to your people will be the words that come from God, the bread of life, that which sustains people, that which gives them hope during moments just like this in fear. And he tells us that in that verse 28, pay pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. So do that in proper order to be still. I know for me, when I minister, the, the most effective times is when I see the Word of God do an effectual work on my own heart first. And then I walk into ministry situations with such a confidence in the power of the Spirit and a confidence in the Word of God that what begins to overflow is true ministry. I give people the true bread of life, and I'm confident that it it is effectual in people because I've seen the work that it's done in my own heart. So, Pastor, I want to encourage you not to fear, not to walk with trepidation, walk with sensibility, walk with prudence, walk with wisdom, but wisdom that's found in the treasures of the wisdom and knowledge of Christ. And so as you pour yourself out, be sure that you are being filled consistently with the Word to be still, to walk before Him faithfully so that He fills you, to, so that you can be all in all to your people as you shepherd your flock, to be careful to walk faithfully with them in intimate ministry. And what will happen is through this pandemic, this pandemic is legitimate, it is real, But through this pandemic, we will see that our God and the peace that he brings is much stronger than any circumstance in life. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Now I want to remind you all in these very uncertain days, at least from an earthly perspective, uh, that we have on our website a Find a Counselor map and the Find a Training Center map. And through those two avenues, you will have opportunity to find counselors. Maybe you're listening to this today and and you find yourself in those two extremes that I described. And maybe you say, man, I need some help to get out of this. I need some wisdom. I need someone to help counsel me through this because I am am gripped with fear. Can I encourage you to go to our website, biblicalcounseling.com, and click on the Find a Counselor map And in your area, you will find people who are certified by ACBC who'd be willing to meet with you. And I understand the social distancing. We even have options where we can do Skype and Zoom and distance meeting, uh, where it's a more live face-to-face virtually. And so I want to encourage you, uh, don't just sit in your home and be gripped by fear. Reach out to one of our counselors who'd be willing in a virtual setting to meet with you I want to be, we want to be an encouragement to you. Find one of our training centers. They will help to find someone to minister to you. Uh, and pastors, can I also say to you that I understand in these difficult days that you're sorting out details, you're wearying yourself, uh, pouring yourself out for the sake of ministry. Praise the Lord for you. Thank you for your work. But I also want you to know we at ACBC want to be an encouragement to you. So if there are ways that we can minister to you, maybe you find yourself being gripped by fear as well. We'd be happy to minister to you, one of our training center directors, one of our fellows in our organization. I will personally get you connected with one of them so that they can minister to you as you sort out how to minister uh, to your flock. We want to do everything we can to equip the Church of God to accomplish this task, to meet this demand right now to show that our God is a faithful God. Our God is a trustworthy God, one that we we can rest in. 
So I want to encourage you, if you need more information about the things we've talked about today, other resources, you can find out more information at biblicalcounseling.com.